0: Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen with the Makers of Minnesota, and I am going to help you with your strategy for your business in 2021. Are you dreading social media and not sure when you should be posting on Facebook or Instagram? Or maybe you want to reach out to some influencers, but you don't know how to do it. Or maybe you just want someone to actually use your product and create some recipes for you. I am your gal. I've been developing lots of relationships over at stephaniesdish.com, and I can help you get your product, into the hands of people that are going to use it and create influence and create buying patterns for people that you can count on as new customers. 2021 is going to get all of a sudden ramped up and we're going to be moving real fast to capture some of the business opportunities that we lost in 2020. Don't be left out in the cold. Have new followers and new pairs of eyes on your product now. Give me a shout. I'd be happy to help you. I'm at S Hansen, H A N S E N, marketing at gmail.com. It's S Hansen marketing at gmail.com for small business marketing for things like social media, recipe development, influencer posting, and just general PR help and getting the word out about your products. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota. I'm Stephanie Hansen, your hostess with the mostess. And the program here, we talk to cool people doing cool things throughout the state of Minnesota, and I like to talk a lot about food and distilling and beer because that's really fun. So today I'm here with Mary and Tyler Schnitger, and they are the co-owners of the Sculvin Distillery. And you maybe have heard me talk about, because I have a product that they make that I really love a lot, which is their habanero rum, but they have a lot of new things happening. They've just opened a cocktail room and I'm so excited to talk to you guys. I think originally we were talking about that we were going to talk like two years ago and then someone had to cancel and here we are circling back. So welcome.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having us. It's uh, it's fun.
0: How did you guys start the the distillery?
1: I just kind of got interested and in it. it's it's always a little bit of a long story our our story is a little bit that we don't have one. <laughs> I, I started making uh like a well, you know what I mean everyone's got you know like a a story behind it ours is yeah we, I just started making this uh, aged cocktail I guess you could call it started getting popular with within my circle of friends and I was just using Everclear 190 I was was in the army and I'm in the air force now and and get that at the uh, the base tax free on Sundays. So I just buy it, and then eventually it started getting so popular within our circle of friends, where they're, they're they're going hunting and they wanted it. Eventually, I'm going down there and buying it by the case, and they're wondering what kind of parties is this guy having. <laughs> uh, a friend of ours, Steve, eventually said, "You're onto something with this. You need to you need to sell this. This needs to be something you can buy at a liquor store." And, I started Googling it. Uh, what's it take to make a alcohol product? I'm like, okay, I'll just buy some bulk alcohol and and you know mix this thing up. And of course, the laws aren't that easy. It said you need to be a distillery. And I right. Hopped on the old Google and said, well, I don't I don't know anything about distilling, and you know there's there's got to be a hundred distilleries in the state, and at the time there was like two, and a were few you more that early? Opened. The, the thought of it was, was definitely that early and it was just complete accident. I mean, I, the, the, the state's laws hadn't been updated on their website. I had to call them up and like, <laughs> uh, so this is something, a, a an idiot like me might be able to do. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I just started researching it a little bit more and more and more. And, you know, I already had a, a, a vague business plan from that aged cocktail and, so just started changing that a little bit into, is this even feasible to do ourselves? And I uh, started getting more and more interested in the the science of the industry and, and everything. And I uh, just kind of got obsessed about it. Like I've never been obsessed before. And I went to Mary and I said, Hey, uh, I've got, a, I've got a dumb idea. And she's heard a lot of them over the years, sure. uh, world high school sweethearts from 99. So a lot wow. of, a lot of dumb ideas over the years. And uh, I'm like, yeah, so i I think we should start a distillery and yeah, all my deployment savings that we were, uh, I was going to use to go to PA school and all that. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to drop out of college again. And, and yeah. Said, yeah,
2: sure. Why not? You know, um, it's just at the end of the day, it's just money. And as long as we have each other and our health, at least we tried, even if we fail. So we found a banker who gave us a very modest personal loan.
1: Shout out to Brian. Um, yep.
2: Yeah, shout out to Brian. <laughs> he also, um, allowed us to refinance these two old cars each of them had 200,000 miles plus but you wow. know we really bootstrapped the whole operation and we just wanted it to be something that was fun and affordable accessible so Skullven means cheers friend in norwegian after Tyson's norwegian heritage not mine <laughs> so <laughs> we wanted it to you know represent like Minnesota the whole nordic theme and yet you know be fun to you know other states and people traveling if they see it
0: who did your graphic design? Because it's really a great package.
1: Thank you. So, so that was the wonderful people at Shinebox. Uh, Mary and I are, are both very individually talented, but the one thing we're equally terrible at, it's it's Artwork. So I, I I met the people from Shinebox um, just by chance and, and had a meeting with them. And we originally had this this logo that we thought looked kind of cool and it, it looked like a political logo. You know, it was like Minnesota with red, white, and blue. It was it was awful. And so we met at the creative agency in uh, a Shinebox in, in North Loop, Minneapolis. And Randy, the one of the owners, he looked at our logo and he said, "How attached are you to this logo?" <laughs> and i'm like okay so instead of like just a couple little tweaks we need a complete overhaul and uh yeah it was just kind of born with that we we said you know mary and i are are very down to earth we like to joke around all the time i mean like we're we're very rarely serious around in the house so it needed to represent that and sure. it also needed to be social cuz you know alcohol you should be drinking it with friends
0: what was in the original that, drink
1: it was like an apple pie moonshine kind of <laughs> and i'd never had anything it was uh, absolutely. I, I need to start making it again because it it it's good. And I, I did recipe after recipe after recipe on it. And
2: we had mason jars all over the kitchen, in the computer room. I'd find things in the garage, and it's like, what is this? It's like batch one A with this or that sugar, and sitting for this long. So yeah, I love it. <laughs> a lot of trial and error, but you know, eventually we decided, okay, that's that's not really an attainable business plan. So we got to start at square one, which is you know the base
1: spirit vodka and rum. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mary, you're seeming exceedingly cheerful and helpful and like, yes, let's start a distillery. Was it really like that? Just, okay. Yes. this. Let's do it. Are you that kind of a person? Cause when my husband came to me and wanted to start a company, I was like, um, no, how about <laughs> we don't invest our life savings in this?
2: You know, knowing what I know now, I would have said, no, but at the wow. time, I thought, you know, Tyson does his research. I trust him. He spent almost a year just uh, looking up everything and studying the trends on the East Coast, West Coast, and really threw himself into the research. And I know Tyson well enough. We've been together. It'll be 22 years, I think. Uh, oh, you
1: forgot? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: not good to the math right now. 22, or 23, long enough to know that he's not one to just jump into something recklessly without much research and consideration. So I felt very comfortable when he said it is now or never, I can always go back to school at age 40 or 50, but if we don't get into this business now, it's going to be too late in two years. And you
0: were right. I mean, you were definitely right. And the rum is my favorite product. I've obviously had your vodka too. It, was that the first like thing that really stood out and was a differentiator for you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know,
2: uh, you know, everyone's got vodka. You know, um, there's a saying, vodka pays the bills. But, you know, we came out with vodka and rum because they didn't need any aging. They were, you know, fairly easy to produce. The habanero rum, you know, that came about because I really wanted the spicy passion fruit margarita from Bar La one night, and it was a blizzard in January on a Tuesday night. And I'm like, please, can we just go and have that one cocktail and sit at the bar? And
1: and we live in Brooklyn Park.
2: so it would have been probably a 45-minute drive in that weather. But Tyson's like, you know what? I got rum, I got some kind of hot peppers. And so he did a quick infusion, made me a spicy daiquiri, and we're like, hey, not bad. So we drank that ourselves for about a year. And then we realized, you know what? Let's see what happens if we just put it out on the market. It's just, you know... We're the only owners of the company. We don't have to ask any investors or yeah. shareholders. And uh, fortunately our amazing distributor, uh, Vinacopia, Marion had it. And she's like, yeah, I think this would do well. So it's a really fun product. And I always joke and I say, that's, that's my favorite kid out of the entire family. And I kind of find it sentimental too, because Tyson made it for me. So I really enjoy that one. And it's awesome. in like a hot cocoa or with margarita mix.
1: Mary, I just didn't want to great. drive in the snow. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's a great story. And
0: you made me just a little sad for a second because Barla Grassa. Oh, no. I just, I was thinking the other day, like those dry rubbed wings or not wings, the ribs and the spaghetti cooked in red wine and the eggs, the lobster eggs mm-hmm. brisket. And just, oh, okay. Oh. I'm sorry. I just had to have a moment but the, there. But
1: they're, they're. As far as we know, they're they're reopening, right?
0: We We haven't heard anything. Know anything about any?
1: No news is good news. Then let's let's hope.
0: (laughs) Yes, and I feel like the same way. Like I don't know. And actually, they're on my list to ask my radio partner about on Saturday if she's heard anything, because maybe they're just waiting until they can fully open. I don't know, but we digressed. So you guys had you were in liquor stores, you were making product. Quite a while before the distillery came about. So, was it a natural progression, or were you just trying to decide if you were going to jump in that way, or for the cocktail room? Yeah,
1: yeah. So we always wanted to do one ever ever since they were legalized, um, and we always wanted to do it. It's just that Mary and I, if we're going to do something, it's got to be special. It, it's got to be awesome. We don't do anything just to you know, just but to do we it.
2: wanted it to be meaningful, and, you know, it took a while, and fortunately, you know, our distribution in Minnesota has been pretty strong since we um, came on board in about 2015, so that's been a great problem, but it's also kept us from having the energy and the time to um, devote to researching and opening a cocktail room, and it was just last year um, we had the This aha moment, we took a family trip to Japan, Um, my brother and mom and I, uh, my parents are actually from Cambodia, but you know, we decided let's go to Japan and take our mom. Tyson joined kind of at the last minute. And we didn't really know a whole lot about the cocktails and the bar scene in Japan. But once we started visiting a few of them, we were blown away by um, the level of perfection, the hospitality and just how meaningful everything was. And we just thought, you know what, this is what's missing at least in the twin cities. And this is what we'd like to bring back and offer. Um, This is a place that I would want to go and drink at. And uh, that's when that vision came to us. And uh, about, well, I guess a month and a half, two months later, we uh, decided to return and we took a consultant um, and we toured and checked out a bunch of different bars in Tokyo because we felt like you had to have the whole experience. You couldn't just YouTube and watch, you know, how do you shake a cocktail Japanese style um, you just had to be there and live it and breathe it, drink it, eat it. And I think, you know, once we arrived that first night, you know, she went through and said, okay, I get why I had to come here now. Um, That's so, so cool. And that was I a, it was a
1: mind blowing experience.
0: Yeah. And I have to admit, I have not been to the tap room yet, or excuse me, I keep calling it the tap room, the distillery, the cocktail room. We know what you mean. Sorry. I have not been to the cocktail room yet. And I feel really bad about it because You're one of my early liquor companies here that I've wanted to support. So can you give um, me, since I have not been and people Mm -hmm. listening, sort of, I I love what you just said, Mary, about the way that feels. Where are you located and how do you differentiate the the craft cocktail rooms?
1: Uh, So we're in Brooklyn Park, right off of 694, just basically right up by this 169-694 interchange.
0: Which is close Uh, to me now. So that's a good sign.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're pretty close to everybody. We've got a, a huge parking lot. We're in a, a multi-tenant commercial building in a warehouse district. Uh, you have to look for it a little bit because uh, we've got new landlords that uh, we're still waiting to find out if we can put signage on the outside of the building. But yeah, that's where we're at. Right now, we're open on Fridays and Saturdays. We're probably going to be expanding that to Thursdays. Obviously, obviously, we're just reopening in a week, so we're taking things a little bit slow just to be careful.
2: As far as the um, aesthetics, if you're wondering what it looks like, So you pull up to the building and you're thinking, this can't be right. It's like a 70s office building. I've got to be in the wrong place. But we'll have signage outside uh, typically. And when you walk down the hall, it's like, okay, I don't know about this. And then when you open the door, um, you know, we've had a lot of people say, holy, (laughs) yeah, Link. You can and, say shit on a podcast. Okay. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Or worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> and people are just like mind, like their mind is blown because they did not expect, you know, the ambiance, the, the music and the decor and just how intimate it actually feels. And I kind of joke around and I really dislike the term speakeasy. Um it just, I don't know, it sounds too trendy. And it's
1: overused, yeah. I
2: mean, overused, but I would say imagine like um like an 80s Tokyo speakeasy. Transported to the Midwest. Um, You know, so it's got touches of Japan and a little bit of Cambodia. Um, So we've got one corner where it's very like lush and, um, you know, just lots of Cambodian art and um, then the design and plants live and summer fake. And, you know, we've got a TV area which we call the home section with a TV from the 80s and Tyson rigged it up with some kind of device. All I know is. It's called Raspberry Pi and it sounds delicious. I don't. It's know. connected
1: to the internet. It's a Raspberry Pi is a little little micro but we have that playing some videos and. Cool. It's uh the the cocktail room. It, it kind of just evolved. Um, it it became kind of like more like travel. Like the bar itself is more Japanese themed. We're not we're not to the level of like Japan's top bartenders because those 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 people have been literally bartending and trying to achieve perfection, which is always unattainable for sometimes 30, 40, 60 years even. But it's it's themed after Japan and a lot of those bars where it's, it's got uh, little bits of it taken from it. And then we have the the more kind of TV corner, which is its own place, and then the the Cambodian area. So it's, it's definitely travel related, which is what the Vikings were. They're explorers. They like to travel. And something that I did with the design of the place is I wanted, and so, sometimes to my downfall, is that I want every experience a customer has when they walk in to be awesome like no matter what that experience is if, if it's something i can control and we have a budget for i want it to be awesome and it could be the experience of what direction they're facing and what they're looking at uh, how the lighting is the sounds that are in there we've we've spent a ton of time and, and money on the lighting and the acoustics to try and get that right so it's a more welcoming environment and the artwork, which is still evolving, uh, that just takes time to to kind of fill up. We've got a, a sure. local artist doing some paintings for us, uh, Matt Oleg. Yeah, I just want it to be the the coolest place ever, and we're constantly looking at everything. Uh, it's something our, our bartenders, who are just phenomenal artists themselves, I'll go to them with like a crazy idea. Hey, what do you think about this? Can you do it? And they're like, oh, I, I think so, maybe. And like they they do it, and it's absolutely awesome. Like this this is great, guys. And then they know they always know the next words out of my mouth there how can we make it more awesome? <laughs> you know, like we don't, we don't, you know, just like how we didn't just open up a, a cocktail room just to open one up. It's, we wanted it to be awesome and yeah. taking everything to the to the next level.
0: Is there a food component?
1: Soon. So two of our bartenders, Dick and Nelson, uh, both worked at Travail, a uh, uh, James Beard uh, uh, restaurant. And so we have chef bartenders and then, uh, Bryce is from High. Hi. Uh, he's still working there, and yeah, just that—not only bringing food, but pairing it with with the cocktails as well. Dick is a uh, sommelier uh, mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, we're we don't have much right now, but we're that's something that we're we're working on. But it'll have to be awesome. And Mary got a little taste of that today, I okay. think.
2: And we're on the right path. That's all I will say for now. But I'm I'm very excited for everyone. Oh, Mary! Experience and and eat it. It was delicious.
1: (laughs) I'm stuck in this hotel in middle of nowhere, Minnesota.
2: Are
0: you, so are you in the Guard or are you?
1: I am. I'm I'm in the uh, Air National Guard. I did six years with the Army National Guard with a deployment to Kuwait. Six years, uh, 11 months, and about 24 Five days ago, I switched over to the Air Force and I've got uh, about a week left in my my final contract here. So right now I'm deployed for uh, it was a voluntary deployment. I took on about a month ago for uh, COVID relief for the nursing homes. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing, uh, you know, nursing care in, in nursing homes with uh, the needy. While well. that nursing center is, you know, basically been ravaged by COVID where a majority of the residents have, have gotten COVID. A majority of the staff are typically out with COVID and yeah, just filling in and getting that done.
0: Are they getting you guys close to vaccines?
1: Yes. So uh, a lot, the vaccines are, I haven't been doing them and I, I won't be by the time I'm out. Uh, but the the next agenda, uh, as far as I know from the Minnesota Department of Health, is to start doing the vaccinations in the nursing homes. And that should, and the key word is should, make this this pandemic, hopefully, it's not going to go away, but it should make it a lot better. Uh, right now, Minnesota, in the past roughly month, we've administered over 100,000 vaccines. And a lot of that was for the, the frontline healthcare workers uh, who are, are very important because if they're sick, there's no one to take care of all the people. Then the next thing is your highest risk population, which is the people in long-term care facility centers that make up more than 50% of the the deaths from COVID. And we've got roughly 65,000 of those in Minnesota. So we should be able to vaccinate all of them within just a few weeks. And then I would imagine you'd start seeing a a very sharp decline in, in the daily death toll of COVID, which would be very nice to see.
0: It would be. And my husband's mom is 87 and lives in an apartment building on her own. And so we're like waiting, like, have you got an email yet? Because I think she's then maybe in that next group. Uh, So I appreciate your service for our country and for helping people out. That's pretty amazing. Um, Thank you. I could not do what you do. So I appreciate that you can do that. But what I can do is help people to get to your craft cocktail room. See, I said it right. Finally, <laughs> Boom. you guys really set a place for me in my mind and I'm so excited to actually get into it. Thank you for being a guest today and thank you for being one of the makers that make our community so great. You you guys, I mean, hadn't you just like, how long had you been open before you were told you had to shut down? Five weeks. Yeah. Five weekends we were open. Yeah. So it was almost like a practice run.
1: That's right. A rehearsal. It was. <laughs> It was. Um, it was honestly really nice to to shut down for. I mean, it wasn't nice to shut down. It was you know, worst case scenario, obviously, but it was nice to be able to take that step back and make things better and see where we were deficient before we got in the hab- bad habits.
0: Yeah, um, so I appreciate we're all kind of, re- re- of excited yeah.
1: to, to to re to reopen, you know, like a new life.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna wait a little bit.
1: Yep, um, not a problem. I understand.
0: Yeah, but I will be there as soon as I can. Thanks to you guys for being on the program today. You've been big supporters of Makers of Minnesota. I know you listen and I really appreciate it. And
1: thank you. Yeah. Someone's got to do an interview on you sometime.
0: Anytime. It's not that exciting, but
1: I'd be I'll be happy. I'll interview to tell you, you next time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? I may take you up on that because I've been doing this now. I mean, this is my third year and I think I've had over a hundred and 80 episodes, and you forget. Sort of, people are coming in and going all the time, right? So there's a lot of people that don't know from some of the very beginning. So I may take you up on that. You seem like a pretty smart cat.
1: You have to look at it like I'm a hobbyist photographer, and you know what that means? Yes. I'm rarely in the photos, (laughs) and you're you doing the the podcast means that you're you know people don't know who you are as much.
0: Yeah, and I uh, I'm I'm pretty funny. I have to say, I was a business owner myself. And have had a couple of different iterations of life, one in hospitality, two. Mm-hmm. My, I always said for the longest time until I actually turned 50, my best job, I was a great cocktail waitress. Like I You're was kidding. amazing. <laughs> I could carry on a tray three tiers of drinks and have it this high over my head because I worked at a place called The Heartthrob in St. Paul. Oh, my gosh. I think I I remember that place. Yeah, I'd have a whistle around my neck on a lanyard. Wait, was that the roller skate place? Yes.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) And I had a pink poodle skirt that was short with a leotard and my black high top Reeboks and my tray over my head. And I would blow my whistle and use my other hand to sort of navigate through the crowd because we did a happy hour every day from four to eight. So everybody got two for one. (laughs) So if I had a table of, you know, four ordering drinks, it was eight cocktails that I had to bring out. So yeah, I've got a funny hospitality background. (laughs) I appreciate
2: that. That's amazing.
0: (laughs) Thanks for being our guest today, Mary and Tyler Schnichter. It is Skolvin Cocktail Room calvin Distillery, you should, if you haven't, get their habanero rum. It's delicious. I like to have it with any kind of tropical juice, a little soda water, and a little lime juice. I actually was just thinking I might go have a drink right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I thank you guys for being guests on the program.
1: You're thank welcome. You. Thanks. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Have a good one.
0: You too.